Welcome to Back on the Broomstick, a modern witch's spoken word grimoire, where two witchy friends from way back are reconnecting to their pagan roots after a long period of mundanity. We're rewalking the path of the wise and trying out all the latest spells, rituals, and magical theory in today's witchcraft and pagan practices. So grab your wand and your incense, your cauldron and your crystals, and join us as we get Back back on the Broomstick. Welcome to Back on the Broomstick. I'm Layla. And I'm Shell. And today we are doing a fun thing, a try it episode. Yay. This time we get to do something really, really fun. We each picked a type of divination that we're not familiar with. And I have to say, I fell in love with mine. You know, (sighs) mine was interesting. I wouldn't go so far to say I fell in love with it. Tarot is still my BFF, but... It was interesting. I may do this again. I may do it on occasion, but I wouldn't say it was something I love, loved enough to do more than tarot. Oh, all right. So on the count of three, let's say what we did. Okay. One, two, three. Bone throwing. (laughs) And nobody's going to understand either of those. No, probably not. I researched bone throwing. And I did pendulums. Very cool. Now, I have done pendulum work before. My father, a long time ago, gave me one of those solid crystal sun catcher things. Uh I very quickly learned that it was an amazing pendulum. So I've I've used them before and dowsing rods too, which I think is a similar kind of magic. I like the one I have. And, and, you know, it's got, I like green. Green's my favorite color. Oh, that's pretty. Oh, that's got got a a pretty chain. And then the chain has like little chakra color stones on it. You know, actually, I'll get into it in a few minutes, but I kind of found a almost different use for it that wasn't really divination related, but I'll talk oh. about that in a minute. All right. Well, while we're showing off our stuff, I'll show you mine so you can get kind of an are idea. Are really bones? Like real bones? Yep. There are a couple bones. Oh, no shit. But you'll notice that there are a lot of other things, right? Other charms. Like trinkets. It looks like, like a trinket pile. Yeah. So one of the things in American osteomancy or bone throwing is it's gotten very much mixed up in another type of divination called claromancy, which is basically found objects that you use to do divination with. Why do we have to use all these big, crazy damn words? Why can't we just say bone throwing? Well, we can, but I like the words. (laughs) You know me, I'm a nerd. But yeah, so it's bone throwing. Some people will call it charm throwing. Because it's more than just bones. See, I was under the impression that like bone throwing was like bones. It is. Call me crazy. I do have a couple different kinds of bones in here. And this is a very new set. As I go on, I'll get more pieces and I definitely need more bones. I have bones on my altar. I'm a big bone person. (laughs) But I didn't have any that were appropriate for my bone throwing set. So I just have a couple. There are so many inappropriate things I could say right now about how to obtain bones. How about All right. just keep quiet and you just keep talking? Well, how about we uh, we take a step back and we go back to your very, very pretty pendulum and we talk a little bit about pendulum magic and pendulum divination. Funny story. So my first thought when I was doing this was, this is very Ouija board-like, minus the letters in the actual Ouija board. But like, I felt like it was like the sister of Ouija board type thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's the whole yes-no thing. I don't know. But in the beginning, I felt like it was my hand movements moving it. 
But then after a while, I was like, hey, maybe there might be something to this. But this is a form of divination that isn't going to give you the in-depthness that tarot does. No. And I think I think that was kind of my sticking point with it. I feel like it's very yes, no. Well, there are other uses for it. I, I don't know if you remember, but a couple times in the past, the coven and myself have used pendulums with you. Once to find out the gender of your second child. Which was so spot on accurate, by the way. It was indeed. And once when we were talking about places to live and we were using it over a map. You know, refresh my memory. The baby one I do, but I feel like the baby one was very yes or no because it was when I was very bulging pregnant, it was kind of like, you know, this way if it's a girl this way if it's a boy kind of the same yes no thing but refresh my memory on this moving thing vaguely familiar well with a pendulum basically you hold your crystal held by a string or a chain or a cord and you try to hold your hand very very still so the pendulum itself can move in a linear fashion up and down back and forth or in a circle and you have to talk to it and ask it which way is yes which way is no and which way is maybe What we did, you can also put it over objects and ask it things about the object. In our case, we put it over a map. We were talking about possibly buying land for a covenstead way back in the day. And so we used the pendulum over the map to try and find different areas where the pendulum would be more active. And we would mark those down. Is that where we came up with the Appalachian Mountains? Well, that was part of it. It was also part of our um, super secret bug out plan, but we won't get into that here. (laughs) (laughs) But with the pendulum, I don't know if you've ever done any type of water dowsing. Not really. Not really, to be honest. Pendulum magic is very similar to using sticks or bent wires or crystals to douse for water. And I was introduced to that first before I was introduced to crystal divination. Uh And if you've ever done that, if you've ever doused for water or done water witching, you can feel that energy. When I held those bent wires and walked across an underwater stream, they moved on their own to point in the direction the water was flowing. I didn't know that there was water there. And you can feel some sort of energy. I don't exactly know how to describe it. Now, this is how I kind of... Like with tarot, I feel like it's the tarot cards giving you the info, for lack of a better way to say it. But with the pendulum, it was almost like, like, you know how my grandfather is always around? I Mm -hmm. felt like kind of this, my grandfather was here and he was the one answering the questions and moving it. Not that like with tarot, the tarot is telling you, this feels like it is a device for spirit. Does it can sense? be. Yes, very much. It does feel like there's an outside force moving it. Anytime yeah. I've ever used a pendulum, it almost feels like when I you know, hold like the Ouija that, board. Yeah. Yes. When you hold that pendulum or the dowsing rods and it starts to move on its own, it literally feels like an outside force is acting on that object, whether the bent wires or the crystal at the end of the cord. It literally feels like something else is pushing on that object. And it's a very strange feeling. That's kind of why I equate it to the Ouija board, because it does feel that way. It feels like the ghosties are moving it. You know, you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's something like you're interacting with a spirit more than the pendulum being a divination piece. And maybe that maybe that's why I didn't, quote unquote, fall in love with it like you did with bone throwing, because it just feels like you're using a tool while communicating with spirit as opposed to actual divination. 
I know you have other ways of communing with spirit that are probably much more expressive to you. Yeah, where this was kind of like a time consuming. I'm just like, hey, as opposed to, you know, pulling out all this shit and, you know, hey, is this going left or right or in a circle? You know, it, it just I don't know if I really got the grasp of the divination portion of this. I just felt like communing with spirit was really more what I was doing. And I think it can be a great way to commune with spirit or to use with ancestors. I think that's a lot what I did with the crystal that my dad gave me that was not an actual pendulum. It was just a sun catcher lead crystal piece on a on a string. Right. So it was never intended to be. But the first time I took it out of the box, I could feel that outside force moving on the crystal and immediately realized that it was a type of dowsing rod or a type of pendulum. Right. But it felt a lot like my, my grandparents, uh, particularly my grandmothers, were speaking to me through it. Um, my grandmother and her mother. So you didn't really feel like it was a divination thing either then? It is a divination thing. We, I, I have used it to ask questions about the future, yes, no. But it is also a good way to commune with spirit. And, and sometimes they can give you things about the future. But don't you feel like it was the spirit giving you the yes, no, quote unquote, divination? Sometimes, yes, I do feel very much like ancestors were there with me. Sometimes it just felt like energy, similar to when I would do a tarot reading and you kind of get in the zone and you can feel that universal energy kind of flow through you as you're doing a reading. You know, yeah, I, I would I, feel that same thing. I, I, I don't know. I guess I just, maybe I just didn't feel that as much. I don't maybe know. Maybe that's just, not the right pendulum for you. That could be because you know me, I pick things for pretty. And it's very pretty. Maybe this is like adventuring. Maybe that isn't the right stone for me to be doing it, even though it's green and I love green. I don't know. But the, with the chain, it's got, as you can see, the different chakra beads on it. And I actually tried a little experiment with this and did a chakra alignment with it, which I felt worked better. Just nice. So I would probably, going forward, be more apt to use this for chakra work more so than divination because, I don't know, I'm just not picking up the divination piece, man. Yeah, I wonder a little bit if it's maybe that tool is for chakra clearing because you can also use pendulums to, if, if you're into chakra work you know, or energy work and you need those energies to move in a certain direction you can use that pendulum to help direct those energies to, you know, remove blockages or sluggish energy. To be honest here, when I bought that pendulum a while back, it was for that purpose. Ah, okay. So, that makes so sense. Maybe it won't let me use it any other way. That's possible. Because when I got it, that's kind of what I got it for. And now that's kind of keyed to that, kind of locked to that. It might be. It might be. I recommend find something super simple. Mine was literally fishing line with a leaded crystal sun catcher. That was it. Just solid hunk of crystal. It was very cool. Try that. And you can also, you could put it on a Ouija board. You can hold it over a Ouija board or over a piece of paper with letters or words or phrases or pictures. And you know, ask I thought it. about doing that, but then, you know, the holidays came and I was busy. And <laughs> but I was like, you know, I bet you could use this damn thing on a Ouija board. Yes. I also thought you could, you know, the crystal grids. I had thought about also the possibility of using it over a crystal grid. Oh, that would be very cool. So that'll have to be my next part two of Pendulum Try It. But 
For me, I just, I feel that there are a, a lot of uses for pendulums, but right now the divination thing just ain't working for me with it. I'm glad I tried it though. My biggest piece of advice for pendulums is to find one that that you can feel that strong pull of, you know, whether you feel it's from spirit or universe or the future or whatever, find one, pick it up, hold the cord, hold the string and ask it a question and see if it moves for you. See if you feel aligned with it before you, you get know, it. Actually, I like your your other idea better is to make it. Who gives a shit if it's fishing line in a mm -hmm. quartz crystal you bought at the mall? Maybe that, maybe I should try that. Making my own and see if I have better luck. You've always done better with things that you have handcrafted. I do. I do. <laughs> so, you know, maybe that would be a good route, but definitely worth a try. I mean, maybe folks to get a better sense of the divination piece than I did. Useful tool. I just, I'm having a hard time with the divination part of it being useful. I can see that. So talk to me about bones because honestly, I love trinkets and I, I, I didn't realize that this involved trinkets. It does. It does. It's so wonderful. This is, I think you would actually like this. You might go for more of the claromancy, which as I said earlier is charms. It's, it's divination using charms. This is very heavily influenced by hoodoo culture, by root work culture. However, it's also very heavily influenced by American folk culture, Appalachian hill people culture. Bone throwing, osteomancy comes from all over the world. First of all, where, where are you obtaining bones? I have to get this out of the way because that's, that's, that's a burning question I have. You just had Thanksgiving. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Okay. Yeah. Chicken bones are very commonly used in, in hoodoo and in root work. So I don't partic I don't have any chicken bones here. I was just thinking about that ex you had that I haven't seen in a few years. And I'm like, where's she getting these bones from? What the <laughs> hell? No, I do love bones. And Shell knows she's known me for a while. I have lots of bones on my altar. I have. Which creep me out and always <laughs> have, by the way. I think that bones are magical. And I think that they're pretty cool. They Some of them are been around. No, they're awesome. It's like this magical system that pilots are meat suits, man. I'm not going to put that on the podcast. I'm probably one of the few witches on the planet that that is like, I, I don't want to say I'm scared of bones, but like I wouldn't touch them without a rubber glove. You know, they should definitely be cleaned and there's there's a way there's ways to clean them. Oh, I'm not talking about cleanliness. I'm talking about my own. Like, oh. I, like I have an issue. Like, ah, like somebody. Ah, that was somebody's body and skin was on there. Ah, like, ah, I can't do it. Bravo. <laughs> bravo. It's, I, I do feel that they are sacred to the creature that they came from. I do feel that. Because I mean, it they was contain, his leg bone, for God's sake. Yeah. And they can last for a very long time. I mean, we have dinosaur bones, for fuck's sake. Some of this stuff has been around forever. Now, have, and, you, car have you carved like symbols or sigils into them? Yes. I don't think I have one right here to show you, but I'll put up a picture later so you can see. And I have some that are. Like this one has like the hag, the hole in it that I got like from hag the beach. bone. Yeah, exactly. Is that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can be. Bones do last a very long time and they can contain people's DNA. I just think they're super magical and very, very important. I think they're cool. 
Now, have you ever heard of dice, the game of dice, be called knuckle bones? Absolutely not. You've never have. You've never heard it called knuckle bones? Wow. Never in my life. I know people out there have. So I have heard bones referred to as knuckle bones, particularly in gambling. And the reason for that is because way back in the day, they used to be made from sheep knuckles. What, dice? Yes. You're me. <laughs> I am not. Back in Greece and Rome, I believe, they were made from actual knuckle bones of sheep. And I'm they were used. Use I'm going to use that for trivia next time I play Catan. <laughs> and they were used for dice games as well as to tell the future. They have dice that have been found that date back to 3100 BCE in Scotland. Damn. They know that dice and and different bones have been used for divination the world round. It's one of these types of divination that every single culture can claim a little bit of credit for. Because, I mean, bones are cool as shit, man. And people have known that for a while. And they've kind of always been around, just saying. Exactly. So osteomancy and claromancy, bone throwing and charm throwing, have kind of melded together to be a type of divination. If there's a mancy name for pendulum work, I don't know what it is. Just I don't I- either. <laughs> but because I was already drawn to bones, I thought this would be a cool thing to try. And it's even cooler because it includes found objects. Now, unlike tarot cards or even your pendulum, these objects do not necessarily have specific meanings. Like do they what like do they have to be like certain objects or can I just be like pulling shit from everywhere to use? You can be pulling shit from everywhere to use. Now, now is this so what means what to me? Yes. Very, very much so. Now I there know. are some meanings. I mean, just like in dream interpretation or tea leaf reading, there are some archetypes that are the general pretty, guidelines. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if you say Santa Claus to a generic person in the USA they're all going to come up with a somewhat very similar looking figure. That's an archetype. (laughs) That's right. And that's an archetype. We all kind of know what that looks like. If you tell most people, draw a picture of a wicked witch, also an archetype, they will all draw something. Resembling the Wizard of Oz. Correct. So some things do have symbolism, like an egg most of the time is going to mean new beginnings, possibly babies, you know, fertilization. That's right. Could be fragility, all that types of thing. If you have a, you know, if something with a tree, it could be longevity, it could be generations, it could be family. So some things have general meanings, but it still very much depends on your connection, your correlation. Are you pulling this shit out of a bag like runes or what? And that's another thing. You'll find all sorts of different ways to do it. Some people like, all right, I got to, I have to reference the song. While I was doing some research, I came across an old Dolly Parton song. It's so ridiculous, people. I swear to God, you got to look this up on Spotify because it's so ridiculous. I almost peed myself laughing. I'm going to put a YouTube link to it. It's called These Old Bones. And I love me some Dolly. Don't, don't get me oh, wrong. Oh, I, I, I love Dolly. Dolly. But, but the song just had me like bent over laughing. Oh, it's so twangy. Be prepared <laughs> for some twanging. But it's a great song. And she starts out with, these old bones will tell your story. These old bones will never lie. These old bones will tell you surely what you can't see with your eye. And she talks about them being shaken and rattled and being kept in a burlap sack. And that's all pretty true. Kind of like with runes, there's different ways you can throw bones. And that's going to vary from reader to reader. My particular way that I ended up doing it is I like to keep them in a bag and I will grab a handful or a double handful of them 
and literally throw them onto a surface. Mine is just marked with four quarters, east, south, west, and north, and they each have the same types of correspondences. So depending on where the charms or the bones lie in the quarters will influence, kind of like in a tarot spread, like where in the spread that card sits will influence its meaning, right? Right. Same thing with the charms and the bones. Where they sit and how they sit in relationship to each other might change the meaning of it. Do you throw throw all of them or just part of them? I'm throwing all of them because my set is new. I've been collecting charms and bones for this type of set without even realizing that's what I was doing. As soon as we started talking about doing this, I knew exactly the jar on my altar that had all these little bits and bobs and trinkets in it. That apparently I've been saving as a bone throwing set without realizing. I swear to God, you're part fairy. Anything you see, that's shiny, <laughs> you pick it up and put it in your damn pocket. Pretty much. And okay, I'm going to admit another embarrassing fact. When I was a kid, one of the books that I read that had a huge impact on me was The Valley of Horses by Jean M. All. It's the sequel to Clan of the Cave Bear. I'm sure everyone's heard of that. I never did it until I met you and then you made me read them all. Good books, actually, though. Awesome books. The reason The Valley of Horses had such an impact on me is because the first people in that series have a very earth-based, goddess-centered religion that I resonated with really hard as a kid who had never heard of paganism or witchcraft ever. I just knew I wanted a religion like that one. And one of the things that they did was people had animal spirits that were attached to them. And the main character, Ayla, was taught to look for signs from the spirits to guide her. And that's something else that resonated with me. I too, sometimes, sometimes, you know, you'll see something and you'll know that that really cool little stone is meant for you or, you know, that little trinket in the shop that you just have to buy was supposed to be yours. That kind of thing. They all scream my name. Right? Seriously. You with your pretty (laughs) stuff. Same thing. So I already mostly had a set and they're all things that have meaning to me. Like this little rune right here, we got from a Beltane at Community. I think it was the first Beltane that I took my daughter to that she was able to participate in. All those trinkets through all those rituals that they'd give us stuff. I have all, I remember you would wear that all the time. I remember that charm. Yeah, this is an ohm charm that I used to wear constantly. Um, I have all sorts of things. This is a Sankofa symbol that was made at Brushwood, I think from back when we had our seasonal there. This is a Order of the Golden Dawn. Gosh, I can't remember. It's the it's the women's Masonic group that my my hundred year old grandmother who passed away. This was a piece of jewelry that she wanted me to have, and it has the five pointed star on it. So that's also in there. And you also found a very special special charm, didn't you? I did. That is not in my bone throwing set. But as I was going through looking for pieces, I did happen to find my old coven charm. Which is ironic because like about a month ago, I found mine too. I love that so much. I am so happy. I feel so much more at peace now that I have it back. But no, that's not going in my in my set. But I do. I also have this fish bone. This is a spine from a fish. See, that's creepy. I don't want to touch a spine from a fish. (laughs) My God, people. You know where this came from. Oh, That's from Patricia Keneally Morrison. Yeah. When she came and visited with us and hung out for a little while. Hail the traveler. But yeah, that was one of the gifts that she gave me after she left for hosting her. So yeah, I have a lot of things that mean something to me in this bone throwing set. Plus her chicken bones from last Tuesday's dinner. (laughs) I'm just kidding. So some of them have markings to, you know, because I sat with each of these pieces and, and 
you know, kind of felt the energy from it to decide some of them needed markings, some of them needed carvings, some of them do not. But, you know, you have to sit with each piece. You have this quarter grid here and you throw it. So a fishbone goes in the north. What the hell does that mean? Well, honestly, it's all about the energy of the moment. So I could give you a generic idea of what that would mean to me. But I mean, are you talking like earth is like, like, yeah, north would be hearth, home. It would be the north star. It would be be emotions and all like going along with that. So where they go depends on where that, that aspect. But that's my personal grid. That might be different than someone else's grid that they throw on. Oh, I gotcha. So there's no necessarily, there's no. This is fairy chess all the way down. This is like make up the rules as you go along. Very. (laughs) I gotcha. This is very much, you have to connect with the pieces. It's like the opposite of tarot structure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, tarot is very structured and this sounds very unstructured. It is. But to be honest, you know me, I kind of do that with tarot too. I mean, you have to go with the flow just because a card means a certain thing doesn't mean it will always mean that. But you always have to do a spread. Whatever that spread is, is up to you. But like there's a certain conformity to tarot. It seems like there's no conformity with this. That's correct. Whereas tarot has a lot of conformity and then the rest is your own energy and intuition. That's like zero. Right. This has a lot of energy and intuition and just a little bit of conformity. There are general rules. There are general guidelines. Like you have to have a connection with the pieces. You know, some of the pieces will have similar meanings. I mean, there's guides out there. I mean, you're going to find books and lists of correspondences and piece meanings all over the place. But you really have to know it yourself. It's very personal. And and I think that it it involves a lot of magical energy. Whenever I would throw these bones, kind of like when you can feel that pendulum move from the outside source, I felt a deep connection. And it's kind of like when you get in the flow with tarot readings and they're just speaking to you and the words are coming and the stories are flowing. I felt that when I would do bones for myself or when I would throw them for other people. And it's just very intimate. And I really, really liked it. Layla, I can't even touch raw chicken without being queezed out. <laughs> you never do the cooking when we're together. That's true. I mean, I, I feel like I'm coming across as such a princess, but geez, Louise, man. You don't have to have any bones at all in your bone throwing set. Make a charm throwing set and call it a day. Just make sure that those all resonate with you that you feel something for those pieces. Do you have to have a certain amount of charms? Like, do you have to have 20 or like 10, like whatever you feel like? I'd recommend more than three (laughs) (laughs) and probably less than 3,000. But I've also heard from some of the, the bone throwers that I researched and talked to, people have different sets for different reasons. They'll have a set where they just talk about relationships. They'll have a set where it's about family or health. Sometimes they'll have different sets that resonate with different types of situations. Um, Sometimes they'll have a set that's too personal for anyone other than themselves to use. And some people have very, very large sets that, like you said, they dig in, grab a handful and throw them down. Because that, see, that, that seems to make more sense to me that you would like have a shit ton of them and grab a handful and throw them because then that way what you're grabbing is by chance and you're not grabbing everything. You know what I mean? Yes. Kind of like with tarot, you only use a certain amount of cards and then the rest weren't applicable to right. you. 
Yeah, my set is relatively small, so I use all of it or almost all of it. Granted, not everything would fall in my grid, and there were times when I didn't read everything. But you can always add to your bag, though. Oh, yeah, I feel this is definitely something that I feel I am going to continuously add to. Sometimes people will choose themselves. The reader will grab and throw for the querent. Sometimes they'll have the querent grab from the bag and, and throw themselves. It, again, depends on the I like the that better because it's like tarot. If you're doing a reading for me, I'm the one shuffling. If you're throwing my bones, I should be the one picking up, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To put my whatever, my energy into it. Yep. I spoke to someone named Rabbit and she has a bag. She's just been doing bone throwing for about a year or so. But she uses a um, like a velvet bag from a jewelry store. Yeah. And she puts her charms in there. And when she has the people ask question, like fondle the bag <laughs> to mix it up. And then she grabs from the bag and throws onto her scarf. But she doesn't have them choose. She just has them kind of shuffle the bag, I guess. You could always use a crown royal bag, just saying. <laughs> I did see someone on YouTube do that. But yeah, again, the bag is personal. We wrap our tarot cards in different scarves or put them right. in boxes to protect the energy. Same thing with these. And I really like it because of the ancestor connection to it, the, the connection to the spirits of the objects, to the energy of the objects themselves. It's, um, again, it's a very intimate type of divination and it, it feels very magical, you know, to kind of read these stories and to make the connections. I know you've, you've done a reading where you were really in the flow uh -huh. and it seems like every reading with the bones is like that. Well, the next time we are together in person, in the flesh, you, my sweet loving friend, are going to be giving me a bone reading just out of curiosity. I'm curious. I'm nosy. Oh, yes. I, I owe you one. I made you read my tea leaves, so I definitely owe you a bone throw. I would prefer if I didn't have to actually touch a bone. <laughs> nope, that's okay. That's all right. I won't, I won't make you touch any of them. I'll pull everything and just throw it down. You got it. I think our triads were successful, even though I didn't fall in love with pendulum. I, I do find very good magical uses for it. I just maybe need more work with it, maybe a different stone. I do like the concept of it. Uh, I just need a little more time with, with me and my pendulum. And I think you're in love with bones. Very much so. I think they're fantastic. I think this was a successful triad, don't you? Very successful. I'm pretty happy with how it turned out. And uh, I'm really glad that we were given the idea to try a couple new types of divination. So keep the ideas coming. I'll be honest with you. I'll probably still go back to tarot. No lie. Not going to fake it. But like I said, I, I will maybe delve a little bit further into this. And I might actually use it with a Ouija board. Ooh, I'd be I just curious think, I just, to see how it goes. I just think that, that that might be the avenue that might work best for me. Say what you will about Ouija boards, but I'm a fan. <laughs> and hey, if you're just using it for letters to be pointed out with a pendulum, what could go wrong? Right? <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for listening to Back on the Broomstick. And thank you all so freaking much for all the likes and love and comments and all of it. We love it. I do want to just put it out there. If you have an idea for Layla and I for another Triad episode, shoot us an email, which you can find us at backonthebroomstick at gmail.com. Hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, Back on the Broomstick. We'd love to hear from you. Like, comment, share, star, rate us. Do all those things that you do on the internet. And thank you for checking us out on Inked Goddess Creations on YouTube and our beautiful faces. 
and maybe we'll be doing more of that in the future. You know, we did look kind of good on YouTube. So <laughs> I, I think we might be doing that again soon. All right. Thank you all so much and have a lovely December evening and we'll see you next Friday. Keep it witchy.